0: Amen. Welcome to the house of God. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and just celebrate Jesus in this place. Woo! Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're continuing with our message series on World Shakers. Somebody say World Shakers. Amen. First Sunday of the month, we talked about what? World Shakers shift their what? Their atmosphere. Amen. Amen. World checkers are thermostats, not thermometers, amen. Go into your workplace this week and shift that atmosphere. Go into your communities and shift that atmosphere. That school down the street from you is just waiting for you to shift that atmosphere. Somebody shout, shift. And then last Sunday, we talked about questions, questions, questions. World Shakers are willing to ask questions that regular people are not willing to ask, Amen. Were you blessed by that message? Amen. Today we're going to go a little deeper. We're going to talk about World Shakers' benefit from challenges. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, your challenge is your friend. Your challenge is here to help you. Tell them, your challenge is here to help you. Uh, They don't quite believe it. So turn to the other one, smack them in the back of the head and tell them, your challenge is here to help you. Tell them one more time, you can benefit from your challenge. Hallelujah. Now, some of you don't believe that, but I'm glad you're speaking that by faith. Amen. We're going to break the word down here, and we're going to teach you that your challenge can be your friend as a world shaker. Amen. Right now, there are people who are in the middle of a challenge. Anybody? Anybody going through a challenge? Right now in this room, there are people who are going through a challenge. And then there are also people who went through a challenge yesterday. Anybody going through a challenge yesterday, last week? Now, there are people in this room who are saying, I'm not going through a challenge right now, and I wasn't in, in one last week. Well, one is coming tomorrow. Just just, just live a little longer. There's going to be one coming tomorrow. How many people know it's not about eradicating challenges, but it's about taking advantage of those challenges It's how you respond to those challenges. It's your perspective towards the challenges. The challenges are here, but you can take advantage of that challenge. As a world shaker, you can be intimidated by challenges. Hallelujah. If you read the Bible, if you look at the great people of the Bible, they all became great because of a challenge. David would have been a little boy in the back of the wilderness if it wasn't for Goliath. Thank God for Goliath. Moses would have been a simple man in Israel if it wasn't for Pharaoh and the Red Sea. He became great because of the challenge. Somebody say amen. Nehemiah would have been a regular person, a regular person, if it wasn't for the broken walls of Jerusalem. Your challenge is here to counterput you into the next level of glory. Somebody shout amen. Come on, somebody shout Amen. So I declare over you that you're not going to be intimidated by challenges. That you're going to step on top of the challenges and God's going to use you to release something great in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read the, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of David. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 24. If you have that scripture, I'm going to have us read together if we can. Awesome. Here we go. One, two, three, go. As soon as the Israel army saw him, they began to run away in fright. As soon as they saw who? Goliath. Somebody say Goliath. They began to run away. They were afraid. Let's continue reading. Have you seen the giant? The man asked. He will. Woo! How many people know that's a good deal? Go back to that. Go back to verse 24. Verse 24. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to what? As soon as they saw the giant. As soon as they saw the challenge. As soon as they saw Goliath. The Bible says they began begun to run away. As soon as they saw the challenge, somebody shout challenge. They begun to run away. I pray in the name of Jesus that in 2016, you're not going to run away from your challenges. In the name of Jesus. It says as soon as they saw their challenge, that problem, they began to run away. Go to verse 25. But something different happened in verse 25. Have you seen the giant? The man asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife. Oh my God, that sounds good to me. And the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Go to the next verse. Verse 27. Verse 27 coming. There we go. One, two, three, go. And this man... So, David begins to ask, What is the reward from ki- for killing this guy? And they say, Listen, you get to marry the king's daughter. Oh my God, one day you're a peasant, and the next day you're in the palace because of a giant, because of a challenge. While everybody was running away from the challenge, David was going towards the challenge because he's a world shaker. Come on, somebody shout world shaker. While everybody was running away from the giant, from the problem, there was one world shaker who says, Excuse me, did I hear that the person who kills this giant, this challenge, is going to marry the king's daughter and is going to be exempted from tax- taxes? While everybody was running away from the giant, David was running towards the giant because David knew something. That most of the people didn't know that that giant, that problem was not just a problem. That problem was a stepping stone towards success. Somebody shout amen and amen. You have to know this. David was conceived in iniquity. Do you know this? When you read the book of Psalms, David is saying, I was conceived in iniquity. Most theologians believe that his father Jesse was cheating on his mother and did a little something on the side. A little something on the side, and David was born. So Jesse was ashamed of David. When the prophet came to the house of Jesse to anoint a king, how many people know that Jesse did not even call David to come out? David was ashamed. They kept that little dude in the wilderness, they kept him in the back. He wasn't supposed to come in public. They kept him in the back. The prophet said, Is there, could there be one more son because because we've rejected the other sons? Is is there a possibility that there's one more son? And Jesse was like, "Ah, I'm not really sure. I'm not, because he was ashamed of David. So David was kept in the wilderness. But this one day, David was sent to go see his brothers and he saw the giant. And David had to have said to himself, this may be my only opportunity. This giant, this problem may be my only opportunity to get to the next level. This may be my only opportunity to come out of the wilderness. This may be my opportunity. Your challenge is your opportunity. Somebody say amen. While everybody is running away from the challenge, I want you to know, world shakers don't run away from challenges because that challenge is not just a problem. That challenge is a blessing. Today I'm going to give you six things, six benefits. Somebody say six benefits. Six benefits of challenges. This is going to be awesome. When my wife and I were praying and believing God to start this church, we were looking for buildings. It was very difficult to find buildings. And so we went to Somerville, because that's where God was leading us at first. We thought, man, we want to start this church in Somerville. Somerville is very diverse. There's a lot of different kinds of people, so let's go there. So we went to Somerville. We started calling the school systems there, asking them to let us in the public school systems, and and they would say no to us. They literally would hang up on us and just say, no, that's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. The doors were shut in Somerville. We quickly realized that the doors were shut in Somerville. And because that that happened, we started looking at Medford. So we found a theater in Medford, which we really loved and liked. We started negotiating prices and all that kind of stuff. And we landed on a price. Everything was looking good until I got a call one day. And the owner of the building was like, no, it's not going to happen. And and the, the board just dropped on us again. Just, just challenges, challenges, challenges. And because that happened, God led us into this, into this building. One day I was so frustrated looking for buildings. I was just walking around, driving around, and I ended up in the parking lot over here looking at this building. And I asked the lady, I said, is there an auditorium in this place? And she said, yes. I said, how many people does it seat? She said, 100, 200, 300, I don't know. I couldn't wait the next day to get here and to look at this auditorium. But because the doors were shut in Somerville and because the doors were shut at the other theater, God used that challenge to lead us into this place. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. God wanted us to be in this building. Do you love this place? God wanted us to be in this place. God wanted us to be in this building. I was so sad. I was literally brokenhearted when the doors were shut I got to a place where I literally could not eat. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was just frustrated. I was going through a major challenge. But God used that to lead us into this place. Come on, you missed a good place to shout hallelujah. God will use challenges to lead you. I'm going to give you six. Somebody shout six. Six benefits of challenges. Six benefits of challenges. Number one, challenges will draw you closer to God challenges will draw you closer to God how many people have gotten saved in this room in the last seven months or so how many people were not in church in the last seven months and you've just made your way back into the whole church scene how many people in this room how many people wow look at those hands wow now that you're saved God wants to bring you to the next level God wants you to grow deeper in him And there's nothing that will get you closer to God than a challenge. Anybody knows that? How many people know when everything is going well, we're excited, we're doing good. Until a challenge comes, we start crying out to God. Your challenge will draw you closer to God. And this is why God wants you to come closer to Him. It's because God wants you to grow in Him. He wants you to grow deeper in Him. And so God will allow challenges to come so you can grow deeper in Him. One day, Jesus was praying with his disciples. Jesus heard the news that he was going to die very soon. He was going through a challenge, so he began to pray. He began to cry out. He was praying with Peter, John, and James. He looked over, and Peter, John, and James were sleeping. These jokers were sleeping. And Jesus went over there and he said, You guys can't just wait and pray with me. You guys are sleeping. They were sleeping. Somebody shouts sleeping. Jesus was praying because he was going to die, and the disciples were sleeping. You know why? Because Jesus was the one in trouble, and the disciples were not in trouble. So they could sleep. I think Jesus should have gone to them and said, hey guys, I just heard a rumor, right? I just heard a rumor that the people who are going to kill me have decided to kill me and all my disciples as well. These guys would have gotten up from their sleep and started to cry to God, God, please help us. We didn't help Jesus. We didn't help. Help us, God. Your problems and your challenges will draw you closer to God. Will draw you closer to God. Will get you deeper in God. I have seen God allow challenges to come in my life so that we can get deeper in God. Somebody say amen. Number two, your challenges will reveal your true friends to you. Your challenges will reveal your true friends to you. God will allow you to go through a challenge so he can reveal to you the people that are really for you. See, there are three groups of people around you. There are people around you that have to be around you. And then there are people around you that need to be around you, number two. Number three, there are people around you that want to be around you. The people that have to be around you are there around you because they have no choice. Maybe you work with them. Maybe you belong in the same family. Maybe you're married in the same family. Maybe you live on the same street together. You live in the same neighborhood together. So they just have to be around you. They, they don't really care about you, seriously. If, if, if you're not here today, they really are not going to miss you. They're not going to call you. They just, they just have to be around you. You need to be aware of people who simply have to be around you. The second group of people are people who need to be around you. They're around you because of what they need. Somebody shout, what they need. In other words, you are an asset to them. And if you are an asset to them, it simply means they are a liability to you. They're there for just what they can take from you. And that's okay. That's okay. Because you want to be able to bless people. But there are people in your life that are just there based on what they get from you. You advise them. You give them money. You give them stuff. And they're around you, not because they really love you. They're around you because of what they can get from you. Somebody say amen. You need to be aware of those people. And then the third group are people who are around you because they love you. They're committed to you. They're committed to you for real. They're not there because of what you have. Maybe you have stuff, maybe you don't. They would be around you whether you have things or not. They would be around you whether you bless them or not. Anybody has friends like that? Everybody needs friends like that. Everybody needs friends like that. You have to hear the story of Hannah. Hannah was barren. She was married to this man, and she had another rival called Penina. This man, Elkanah, was married to two wives. Please don't try that at home. Amen. Please don't go home and say, hey, pastor was saying it's okay. No, 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 no. Let's just clear that. I'm not saying go marry two wives, okay? But Hannah was a rival of this lady called Penina. They were both married to this man. You have to know this. That Hannah had to be around Penina, not because she loved her, but they were married to the same man, so they just had to be together. And Hannah was around Penina because Penina needed her. The Bible says that Elkanah, who was the husband, never loved Penina. She, he only loved Hannah. So Penina loved Hannah because he, she could go to her and just vent and just talk to her about her needs. There are people who are around you just because of what they need from you. And then there are people who are around you because of what? Because they want you. They love you for real. You have to know this. The husband, Elkanah, somebody shout Elkanah. He loved Hannah for real. She could not produce babies, but he loved her. He protected her. He covered her. He was around her. He loved her. He, he gave her, the Bible says he gave her gifts. He was around her. He loved her. He embraced her. I am praying and I speak over you in the name of Jesus that people who love you for real are going to come around you in the name of Jesus. You have to tell the difference between people who have to be around you, people who need to be around you, and people who are really committed to you. That's why if you're single, I want to advise you, do your best to not sleep around with people. Somebody shout amen to that. Because that boyfriend may just be around you, not because they want you, not because they love you. They may just be around you because you're giving them some needs. You don't want to be married to somebody who just wants to get something from you. Because once you're married, they don't need anything from you. Because how many people know that that stuff, that the, the stuff you give them is legal at this point, right? You don't want to be married and stuck to somebody who just wanted to be around you based on needs. You want to be around somebody. You want to be married to somebody who's with you because they want you and they love you and they're committed to you. If you're a CEO in this place, if you're a manager... Don't just hire people who have to be on your job. Don't just hire people who just feel like I have to be here to collect a paycheck. Don't just be around people because they need to be there based on what they want. You want to make sure that, yes, even though they need the money and they need all that stuff, they're connected to the heart of the vision. They're connected with the house, with what God is doing. If God's going to bless you, you need to be around people who are connected to your heart, connected to your vision, called to your vision, and they know their place. They're not just je- They're not just there in your life based on what they have to get. They're there because they love you and they're committed to you. So I declare over you in the name of Jesus that God's going to send people to you who are committed to your vision in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen and amen. Number three. Challenges reveal your blind spots. Challenges reveal your blind spots. We all have blind spots. Somebody say blind spots. We all have blind spots. We all have weaknesses. Amen. We all have weaknesses. And your weakness is going gonna, is gonna to be a problem. Your weakness is what stops you from getting what God wants you to get. So God will allow you to go through a challenge, so He can reveal your weaknesses, so He can reveal your challenges. I oh, will tell you this: I used to think I was, I was, I used to think I was just good. I, I, I thought I was, I was okay. I, I thought I dealt with the issue of anger until I got married, and I started getting pressured. Somebody said pressure. I realized that I had a blind spot that I didn't, I didn't realize. This was seven years ago. But, but the pressure of marriage pushed me to a place where I had to start crying out to God again and say, God, heal me of this blind spot. Because how many people know you cannot pastor a church if you're dealing with an anger issue? God was preparing me seven years ago so he can set me ready for this position today. But God had to use a challenge to prepare me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Your challenges will reveal your blind spots. Your challenges will reveal your blind spots. You know, it's funny. I've always found this funny. When I came into this country, I realized something that was pretty interesting. When you go to the hospital, when you go to the doctors, they put that thing on you. They call it what? A Johnny or something? They put that thing. For some reason, they kept, they kept that thing open in the back. I don't know who decided to keep that thing open in the back. So, so you find this dude, right, who, who is mean to his wife, just angry, just mistreating his wife, until he's sick one day and he's walking around in a journey. Humbled. Somebody say, Humbled. Blind spots. We all have blind spots. The last thing you want to do is to be blind to your blind spots. Do not be elevated when you're not aware of your blind spots. You're going to create something dangerous. You need to be aware of your blind spots. And God will use challenges to reveal your blind spots. Let me read a scripture for you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made perfect in your weakness, in your blind spots, in your weakness, in your challenges. God's power is revealed. Can I give you another one? Here we go. Challenges teach you and shape character. Challenges teach you and they shape character. Let's read this scripture here. Romans chapter 5 verse 3. We also have joy with our troubles. Oh my God. We have joy with our troubles? Seriously? We also have joy... With our troubles, because we know that these troubles produce what? These troubles, these challenges produce patience. And the patience produces character. And character produces hope. And this is the hope that will never disappoint us, because God has poured out of his love, has poured his love to fill our hearts. He gave us his love through the Holy Spirit, whom God has given us. How many people know you can never pray for patience? You can never pray for patience. Matter of fact, when you begin to say, God, I'm praying for patience. Give me patience. God will send an old lady who's 90 years old driving in front of you. That's how God will give you patience. You never pray for patience. God will test you. You say, God, give me patience. Okay, God will get your wife to begin to say some stuff to you. I used to pray, God, give me patience, give me patience. And I realized that my wife loves to talk more than I do. I come back from home and I'm sitting, honey, I got to tell you, this is what happened. All of a sudden, these words are starting to fly in my face like African spears. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Jesus, help me. I'm just going to sit here by faith, and she's talking, and she's talking. And I used to think that the more I listen, the more she's going to stop. But I discovered that the more you listen to the woman, the more she keeps talking. And I'm sitting there and I'm speaking in tongues. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm praying. I'm praying all kinds of tongues, you know. All kinds of tongues. I'm praying. You know, when you pray so much, if you're Pentecostal, you pray so much, you don't even know what kind of tongues to pray anymore. You just begin to shiver. You begin to shake like a tractor. Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi. Hyundai, Hyundai, Hyundai. You never pray for patience. God will send challenges. God will send trouble. Somebody shout trouble. God will send trouble and challenges because he wants to teach you. You know, he wants to build character. God will allow the challenge to come into your life because he wants to build character in your life. God will allow you to fail because he wants to do something. You should not be afraid to to fail. Failure is a necessity for greatness. Failure is a necessity for greatness. Matter of fact, I'll tell you this. People who are successful have a larger portfolio of failure than regular people. Because they do so much and they fail so much. But because, because they fail so much, then they discover what not to do. Somebody said to Thomas Edison, hey, you failed 999 times trying to create the light bulb. And he said, no, 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 no. I discovered 999 ways of how not to create the light bulb, so I was able to create the light bulb. Failure is a necessity for greatness. God will bring failure to you because failure is part of the discovery for great things. Hallelujah. I have failed more than I've succeeded. You're looking at a guy here, man. I felt so much. I, I tried to get a record deal here. I tried to get this here. I t- Listen, I was applying at anything that I can apply at. My wife and I, we just apply for things, apply for things, apply for things, apply for things, apply for things. I did so much. I'm a songwriter. A great songwriter writes 40 songs and two of them are good. You want to be a great person, this is what we do. We write 40 songs and two of them become good. You have to do it and do it and do it and do it. But God will allow you to fail because he's shaping something on your inside. Come on. I want to see a generation that's not afraid to fail. I want to see a generation that will try and try and try again and pursue again and try again. Come on. Sing your song. Write something. Write that book. Start that company. Come on. Go apply for that that scholarship. Do it. Do it. Do it. This may as well be the year. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen and amen. Number one. What number are we on? Number five. Failure protects you. Failure protects you. Somebody say protects you. There's a prophet called Balaam. By the way, all my notes for my preaching today, all my scripture references and all this stuff, you find it online this week. Amen. By Tuesday, you can go online and listen to this message again. And I'm, I love to quote scriptures. I love to just tell Bible stories. But I, I'll, I'll give you all the scriptures uh, in my notes. There's a prophet called Balaam. And Balaam went. He was going to a king called Barak. And God told him not to go there. And here's what happened. His donkey just stopped on the way to this king. He was going to prophesy. And God didn't want him to go there and prophesy. Matter of fact, God would have killed him if he, got, if he went there. So God stopped the donkey. You've ha- you have to remember that back in those days, donkeys were like cars. So just imagine you're driving somewhere and your car shuts down. You're trying to start this thing and it just shuts down. Anybody been there? A- and he started to beat this animal. He was beating it so hard. And, and some of us here, when your car shuts down and it breaks down, you kind of beat on your car. Anybody done that, done that before? Just yeah, and just you know, just give it a few, a few kind words. You know. He was so upset. He was going through a difficult time. He just could not go anymore. He didn't realize that God was protecting him from a mess. Your challenge will protect you from a mess. Listen, years ago, I went through a terrible heartbreak. Anybody anybody been through a heartbreak here? If you're next to your wife, please, or next to your husband, don't, don't raise up your hand. Anybody been through a heartbreak here? Oh, the single people can put their hands up. Now, there are several kinds of heartbreaks, right? Like there are people who, you know, hey, the relationship ends and they're just like, hey, it's all good. It's okay. Ah, cool. Whatever. But then there are certain types of heartbreaks that are crazy. I went through one of those crazy heartbreaks. It was the first time I had never experienced a heartbreak before. I mean, I was always the guy getting out of relationships. And I, n- I never knew how it felt to be heartbroken until this one girl. For once... I started feeling something different, Josh. Just like, wow, I'm getting desperate here, man. What is this? Like, I'm up in the night, like, thinking about this girl. What is this? This is crazy. This is new. I'm, like, calling her and everything. And, man, that girl cut me loose, man. That that Spanish senorita, she cut me loose. Man, those ri- that rice and beans was so good. I was like, man, there's going to be no more rice and beans. Rice Rice and beans, get some rice and beans, papi. It was awesome. She cut me loose. She let me go. I never knew I could be desperate. I showed up at this girl's house, please take me back. Please, you know, please. I'm from Africa, please. Please help African poor kids. I was desperate. I was so desperate, I stopped combing my hair. Believe it, I had hair. I stopped combing hair. I had hair, dude. I, I had jelly curls in there. I used to spray it and stuff. I stopped combing my hair. Desperate, just heartbroken. Come on, anybody been heartbroken before in this place? I mean, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't believe it. I was reading a book called Emotions by T.D. Jakes. I ripped the cover off so people don't know what kind of book I'm reading. But once in a while, people would be like, you're reading he-motions? How do you know? Oh, the spine, the spine says he-motions. I was so desperate. But then one day, I was walking with my lovely wife today with our kids, having some ice cream. And I meet somebody, and I could tell, they're like, Zanzo, I could could recognize their eyes, but I couldn't recognize the person. Have you ever, ever experienced that? You can recognize the person's eyes, but you can't recognize their face. And I was like, who is it? And she mentioned her name. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. Jesus Jehovah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. I mean, my face was just staring at her like this. But inside of me, I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so gracias. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You saved me. You helped me out. How many people know sometimes we just can't dream big enough for us? And sometimes God has to shut you off. He has to put a challenge so He can bless you. Come on, somebody in this place, shout. Hallelujah. Sometimes God's got to bring a challenge in your life to bless you. Thank God for Judas. We wouldn't be saved today if it wasn't for Judas. Thank God for the challenge. Thank God for the person who said no to you. And I want somebody here to know, there are people who are in a challenge right now. I want you to know this. It will never make sense until you're looking back in hindsight. Some things will just never make sense. God is trying to protect you from craziness. When I stand on this stage with my beautiful wife, man, listen, this is the woman of my life. This is the woman who's supposed to be pastor's wife in this church. And God knew that this lady would be in my life. God knew that years later, we would pastor a church. And God knew that this would be the best wife for me to do this job. And so God had to shut me down Break my little heart. Allow me to be in this place because he was protecting me. Come on, somebody in this place. Just begin to thank God. Begin to worship God. Begin to praise him. Hallelujah. The thing I didn't tell you is this. When I got so brokenhearted about that building we didn't get in Medford, when we finally found this place, we realized that that other building was beat down. It looked good outside aesthetically. But the heat was broken. The AC was broken. So in the winter, would would have been freezing in there. And then in the summer, would have been burning in there, right? Can you imagine us in that place burning, singing, we come alive in the little rivers of sweat flowing. My friend Bobby and I told me, dude, if you, if you start a church in that place, I'm not coming. I'm like, man, you're supposed to be my friend. God was protecting us from that beat down building. I was depressed, couldn't eat for days, literally just depressed, defeated. I didn't know that God was protecting us. I want you to know that your challenge may just be protecting you. World shakers know this. And lastly, your challenges elevate you. Somebody say elevate you. Your challenge elevates you. Your challenge elevates you. you. The Bible says God stopped the womb of Hannah. God did it. There's several ways why challenges come. Somebody say number one. Number one, natural causes. And I want you to go online this week because I've got scriptures for this. Number two, what's number two? Other people will bring challenges to you. There are people out there that are enemies. They don't mean well because the the spirit of the enemy in them hates you. Make no mistake. And number three, yourself, your mistakes. You will bring problems to yourself, but there's hope. And number four, it's the devil. Not every challenge is the devil. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's the people around you. And then lastly, God. God will stop and bring a challenge. That's what happened to Hannah. God stopped her womb Because God knew that Hannah was supposed to bring a prophet to the world. You see, Penina had so many babies. Her rival had so many babies. Anybody here has ever heard one of the names of Penina? One of the names of the sons that Penina had? No. God stopped Hannah's womb because he was preparing her for greatness. Your challenges elevate you. Come on, somebody say elevation. Your challenges elevate you. Have you ever been to the airport, right? I'm going to close with this. Have you ever been to the airport? When you go to the airport, all the small little planes, they go on the runway, and they go this way, and they turn around, and they take off very quickly. They take off. Somebody say take off. But the big planes, they stay on the runway longer. They go this way. And it's, it's as if they're disappearing. Sometimes they literally go all the way out here. You can't even see it. You can't see it. And then they turn around. And then they they move slowly, they move slowly, and then they start to pick up momentum. They start to pick up momentum, pick up momentum. Before you realize it, they're picking up, they're picking up, they're picking up, and then they take off. But when the big plane is on the ground, it has to watch the small ones go up. They go up, they come around, they go up quickly, they come around, they go up quickly, they come around, they go up quickly. And there are people in this place that have been saying, I've been watching other people take off. That person just got married. Man, that person just got a new home. That person's father just got saved. When is my turn going to come? I'm here. I've had to watch everybody take off. I'm sitting on this runway, and everybody's taking off. When is it going to be my turn? I want to suggest to you today that you are a big plane. You are a big plane. You may take longer on the ground, but God is getting ready to do something because you are a big plane. Soon you're going to begin to gain momentum. You're going to begin to speed up and speed up and speed up and take off. But you are a big plane. What God wants to do with you is spectacular and unique. Come on, somebody in this place. What God wants to do with you is unique and spectacular. never happened before. God wants to do stuff with you that have never happened in your family before. You're going to be the first one in your family to do that thing. You're going to be the first one in your family to graduate from that school. You're going to be the first one in your family to have your own organization, your own ministry, your own business. You're going to be the first one. Other people are taking off, but God has held you down because what you have is great. He's preparing you. He's preparing you. Come on, I want to see somebody get excited for what's coming in their future. Get excited for what's coming in your life. Get excited for what God is doing in your life. Get, thank God for what's coming in your life. I give Him praise in Jesus' name. For I am a big plane. Somebody shout amen and amen. Come on, I want you to take a second. If you can't stand up, I want you to begin to thank God for your challenges. Begin to thank God for your challenges. Your challenges will draw you closer to God. Your challenges will reveal your true friends. Your challenges will reveal liabilities to you. Your challenges will teach you. Your challenges will protect you. And your challenges will elevate you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, in your own way, just begin to worship him in your own way. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We give you praise. We bless you, Father. Thank you for the challenges. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. We give you praise, Jesus. God has spoken to me today to pray with people who are going through challenges. I'm going to pray for people who are going through disease and sickness. If you know somebody who has cancer, I want you to run up to the front. Prayer team, you can come up. How many people know we're going to take dominion authority over cancer today? In Jesus' name. I feel an anointing to break cancer here in the name of jesus hallelujah if you know anybody who's sick if you know anybody who's in a place where they're going through a divorce there's a challenge something is happening in their life we're going to take dominion authority over those things in the name of jesus if you're in the middle of a challenge today come on i want you to walk up in the front and we're going to pray for you in jesus name if you're going through a season where you just don't even know what's going on. There's a challenge that's going on in your life. Come on, we're going to take dominion and authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's shift this atmosphere. Let's shift this atmosphere. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise, Jesus. Sicknesses, chronic diseases. Chronic diseases. There's a heart condition that God is healing in this place. There's a back condition that God is healing. Discs that were misplaced that are being put back. back in shape today being put back in place today thank you Jesus thank you father thank you father thank you Jesus we worship you Jesus we give you praise Jesus hallelujah we worship you Jesus we take dominion authority in the name of Jesus over every pain in the body over every attack of the enemy over every force of the devil in the name of Jesus every dark spirit we arrest right now in the name of Jesus the blood the blood the blood of Jesus the blood the blood the blood of Jesus that tormenting spirit right now we speak against it in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus You spirit of suicide, we command you to leave this place in the name of Jesus. You spirit of cancer, we command you to leave this place in the name of Jesus.